Welcome, 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 welcome back to another edition, another scintillating, titillating, exciting episode of A Guide to Poor Parenting, a podcast where me, Jason, and me, Jennifer, I just realized in the script, I didn't write out my part. (laughs) Anyway, it's a podcast where me, Jason, and me, Jennifer, have a few drinks and talk shit about our kids. Ooh, I got some good shit to talk about. But first, uh, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Guide to Poor Parenting at all one word, Guide to Poor Parenting. Uh, Miss J, you want to talk about what we're drinking? Oh yeah, we're drinking Figment. It's a red blend blend wine uh, we got from Trader Joe's. Hell yeah. yeah. We're like, we need to get some money from Trader Joe's. We've been shopping there the last few times that we've had episodes. Maybe we can get them to give us some money. Or mm. some free wine and cheese and Heck yeah. stuff. <laughs> I'm going to have to go get some of uh, that pumpkin spice loo if you love so much. No, thank you. No pumpkin for me. Mm-mm. I tell you what, I, I love doing the podcast, but doing them like towards the end of the year is so tiring because there are October and November and December is just packed. Yeah. We just have so much shit to do. Last weekend, it, what did we, we did the farm, right? The parade, the pride parade first. We, yeah, did the pride parade, then we did the farm, mm-hmm. then we recorded, and then we did a shit ton of your homework. Yep. Yay. The, and this weekend, yesterday, we did the pride festival mm-hmm. where we saw Eureka from Drag Race. Yay. And what else did we do? I think we did some Yo, homework. Uh, oh, yeah, more homework. <laughs> And then this morning we did brunch and then doing the podcast. We got ahead on the homework, thank God. Yeah. So it was getting tiring. Yeah. Well, now we talked about how our week's going. Let's introduce our new guest. He's a good friend of mine named Pete. I'm not going to say your last name because I don't want to. Oh, do you want me to say your last name? Uh, you can try if you okay. want. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. I think it's... Um, oh, I didn't put your name on here. Casa... <laughs> I can't remember now. It's Casaboon. Casaboon, that's it. Like, uh, I, need to, I have it in my phone. I just can never remember how to print. I never. I don't call you by your last name. Call you Mr. Casaboon. Ooh, calling Mr. Casaboon. <laughs> but I met you because you and I did the improv class at Shenanigans. Right. And if you, any of our listeners remember Jessica and Kim from previous episodes, we, uh, Kim runs, well, Kim and Jessica both run shenanigans, but Kim was teaching the uh, class with uh, a friend of hers named Matt. The best therapy I've ever had yeah. in my entire life. It's a lot. I, if we weren't so goddamn busy, I would, I would do more, but I just, I feel like I just don't have time in, like in the day. I, I love the classes, but like Zane and I wanted to do them, but they kept, they scheduled them so late in the afternoons on Sunday. Now it's hard for us to like get dinner ready if we do it so well it's important to have your priorities and to make sure that whatever you do brings you joy and not like a sense of obligation yeah i just miss doing it in the shows because you jennifer i think you never attended any of the shows we did did you no i wasn't able to. yeah it was during the week yeah. like it was a free show but it was a lot of fun i always enjoyed them it was amazing i you know there's i actually have have done some different improv at, a, at a, another i was talking about one retreat i just got back from i just got back from a retreat before that too and in that we did this uh type of improv that was very healing and it was it was amazing so i would love to try some different types of improv besides just ones that are more competition based Hmm. i never thought of that healing improv yeah that does sound like fun is it just like rattling stuff off the top of your head so what you did was you told a story and then four people got up and reenacted your emotions from that story and you got to see somebody expressing your feelings through emoting and through and no words just like yeah. you know through whatever actions they did mm-hmm. and it was so incredible huh. to both participate and see your story played out in right front of you. that sounds really cool yeah 
Maybe I'll teach a class at uh, Shenanigans. <laughs> I've actually have the name of the instructor and was going to talk to Kim uh, and Jessica about them, him possibly coming because he's more than willing to come to Huntsville. And where's he located at? Uh, he's uh, somewhere on the East Coast. I think it's Virginia. I believe oh, that's okay. right. Very cool. We tried. We talked about now that they're doing the improv class for kids. Mm. We talked about it for the kids, but I think you have to be twelve to do it. Remember? I think that's what she said. Yeah. But they love our kids, yeah. so they might let ours just kind of <laughs> might let them squeeze through. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the the bingo, the family friendly bingo show mm. they do every month. We always like try and volunteer for it, just because the kids can come and like mm. they like the popcorn and the bingo's fun. Although mm. it's it's like Wesley still struggles with reading, so it's like he struggles doing the bingo cards, and Kalia helps him, and it's it's cute. And y'all just impressed me so much with your sense of family and what you've done, what you've built here. I'm always so impressed when you allow me into your space. I'm always so thankful for being Aww. able to Aww. see that witnessed in physical form. Well, we love having you over. We wish we would have you over more. We're just being busy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're well, grateful you come over. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing any more of those shows anytime soon? Uh, so the, I'm, I think it's a practice tonight, so I'm planning okay. on going. And then I'm in the He Said, She Said on Friday, nice. I believe. It's on my, at least my phone tells me a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. What does he said? She said. Improv show. Well, it's like a, there's a movie that's showing, and you're like saying you you like make up your own script. Oh, okay. That sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Something along that nature. Yeah. You should do a uh, since it's October. You should Focus do purpose. Rocky Hope. Well, oh. Rocky Horror. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> make a better dialogue than what they have. Even though I love Rocky Horror, don't don't judge. Don't judge me. I love oh. it. But you so know. can I speaking? Can I? Yeah. Tell so us. on this retreat, um, I've I've never really done drag before at all. But the last two retreats, both of them have a no talent show. Mm -hmm. So on this last one, I was asked to participate in a, in a skit between like Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand and I was Judy. So I didn't know they had a drag closet at this retreat. So I went down there and I put on this gorgeous beaded dress and I'm standing uh, in the, at the doorway waiting to go in. And this guy that works at the retreat said, Hey, do you know Marlena Dietrich? And I was like, well, of course I'm gay. Of course I know who Marlena <laughs> Dietrich is. He said, that was her dress. And what? I was like, <gasps> Oh, wow. oh my God! I didn't rip it, but it fit like a glove. I was like, "This is weird." I mean, it literally fit like a glove. I gotta say, that must be nice to be able to be so skinny that you can fit into Marlena Dietrich's dress. That's kind of gorgeous. Just saying. Yeah. And those legs. The doctor says they go all the way up. <laughs> Straight to your ass. <laughs> Or mess He checked. <laughs> I bet, knowing you, I bet he did. <laughs> Lord, messer. Yeah, I was at the I was at the law office the other day. One of the attorneys had been with the client, and she came up to me and she said, "Do you know what BDSM is?" And I said, first of all, I want to say I'm proud that you came to me knowing that I would know what that was. I just want that to be a moment right now." I was <laughs> <laughs> like, "I am not going to get in trouble for telling you where this is since you asked." You yeah. asked. Yeah. <laughs> What's the first time you met Pete? Was it at the, one of the house parties we had? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was at the no. It, well, yeah, when you had a lot of the improvers Improv, yeah. come over, right. and had... they brought the white claw and oh yeah, that yeah. you still have in your fridge. I, <laughs> I think. love how everything no. is alcohol no. central. Yes. <laughs> no, we don't have the white claw because oh. John drank it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um. But yeah, we were we had the fire going, mm -hmm. and you had I think there was like. It was Ben and his wife, Pete mm -hmm. and his husband. And then the, the lady, um, the the young um, adult uh, book writer. Oh. Um, whatever her name was. 
I love her. Kalia is obsessed with her, but I can't remember. Oh, God. Oh, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the blonde lady. You know. Yeah, of yeah. course we know. Yeah, yeah oh, she's yeah. the she, one that brought yeah. the white cloth. Jeez, Louise, I can't, I'm, I, well, I can't remember. It's oh, my crazy. God. I'm, Angela? Or? No, it's not Angela. No. She was in your, Angela was in your class. Oh I'm sorry God. if you're listening and we don't remember Shelly. your name. Shelly. Shelly. Oh, okay. That's it. Oh, That's my God. It. I was going to be so, I was like, Shelly, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Has she been around lately? I haven't no, seen her. No, I have not seen her. Heard from her. She's so Shelly was a classmate of me and Pete mm-hmm. in both the first and second improv classes, and then she's a young adult author with like several titles under mm-hmm. her belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also did part time, I guess, to bring in income. Worked at uh, Space, Space Rocket Center. Mm-hmm. As but a she counselor. may have moved on because she's she's a nomad. Because she don't. You have could to, tell that like, yeah. she doesn't she doesn't root in one place for very nope. long. Right. <laughs> but she was. <laughs> I liked her a lot. She was a really oh, cool lady. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. I'm beautiful just not good soul. with names. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming But again. Um, so we were going to talk about parenting with you. And I guess since you were a queer parent yourself and have a lot of experience um, dealing with your own identity. And since your daughter is, well, I'll spoil, spoil the ending. Your daughter is trans. Uh, is trans um, you've had a lot of transitions in your own personal life. So... For sure, yeah. So Tell I'm, us about how you became a parent. Well, um, so I was I was very blessed to be to be married to a, a, a very nice woman um, for quite a few years. Um, I was a I was a late bloomer, so I mean I always knew I was gay, but I grew up in the in the late seventies when you know, the AIDS crisis was just coming through the gay cancer, and at that time uh, homosexuality was still considered a psychological disorder. And having been a, a you know a victim of of abuse at home myself, I didn't think that you know, gay was a viable option. So yeah. I, I did the old pray the gay way. You know, I became the perfect parent. I became the perfect father. I became the per- perfect husband. Became the perfect student. I just I just was friggin' yeah. and that's usually even like what my parents would say to me. Uh, that you know they would say you're just too blanking perfect. You know what I mean? And that's what they would. Yeah. Do seriously. you have siblings? Huh? Sorry. Do you have siblings? Uh, so my only sibling is my, my little brother has cerebral palsy. Oh, okay. He has to have 24-7 care, so that's my sibling, my, yeah. my precious little baby boy. Um, is he still with us? He is, my yeah, friend. yeah. So he just he just got went to the ER, but he's he's okay. So okay. he's back He's back, just not feeling well, but still smiling, as he always so says. So your parents were resentful of you being too well-behaved and too good at everything? Yes. Yeah, I, I basically I re- basically rebelled. I grew up, I used, I always tell people I, I you know, I grew up uh, in a, just a, crazy house i mean my mother came to me i think when i was nine and told or no 11 and she said i'll get you any drug you want to try what so i rebelled and i became straight a student i never cussed i never drank i never smoked i never took any drugs i and never look at her now oh, wow. and now look at her <laughs> what happened to her she talking about bdsm a co-worker I know, right? <laughs> she's a whore <laughs> so, well i am i'm a mindful whore absolutely you, you know um Especially just coming back from a tantric sex retreat, that was which was life changing. <laughs> but um, you know that was that was the the biggest thing because like growing up, I I became sort of I I, I numbed myself like mm. I wasn't really even present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know it was it was through uh, a process of destroying my own life in my early forties and then having to rebuild it for who I really was that I even discovered that I was alive mm-hmm. and that I was a human being and that I had value and that I was able to make decisions for me that were just solely for me. Right. And having that example, I think is the best thing for kids because, you know, we always tell kids, you know, to live their own dream and to do their own thing, right. but they learn through our example, not our words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to be a good parent, you have to be, 
selfish. Yeah. You have to be selfish in the sense of you take care of yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. Can I get an amen? Amen. I think they also, like, in that same vein, I think they also, like, if you don't respect yourself, they're not going to respect you. Absolutely. And they're not going to respect themselves either because yeah. they learn. They learn those patterns of behavior of this is how I get love or yeah. this is how I get attention or this is how I get whatever in the world by how you do it, mm -hmm. right? And if you walk through the world in this sense in the sense of being of being good in your own space and loving yourself and appreciating yourself and respecting yourself then they will learn that by example and they will just naturally pick that up yeah right so you little closeted gay boy being the perfect child perfect. when did you meet your wife uh so we both worked at kroger together Aww. yeah and she's beautiful she's a beautiful woman you what, know and what year when did y'all meet like how, uh, gosh, how old were you see. so i was that would have been like 83 because I graduated in 81, so it was like a year or two later. So it was like 82, 83. So Jennifer was two. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> oh, I'm old. I'm, I'm not aging. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Tina Turner. I'm timeless. There you go. Hey, you still you fit in Marlena Dietrich's dress. You're fine. Yep. <laughs> so 83, you met the you met the future Mrs. Yes. Mm -hmm. She fell, You charmed her panties right off. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were we were very. I mean, we had a great family. I mean, we really. I mean, or well, I don't know. <sighs> it was family because I really didn't have family, and that was. I guess that was probably one of the most riskiest things for children that aren't raised in a loving home. Is then they go out and do whatever they have to to create that sense of family. And I was lucky that I found somebody that was. We created a good family, but I could have created any kind of family just for the need of having a yeah. family. Right. And now I've discovered, like now at, at this point I'm, I'm at, I find myself so happy to be alone and so happy to be in the presence of others because I no longer need them. Yeah. They right. now add to my experience rather than make my experience. Yes. Right. You know? Yeah. I've, as I've gotten older, I, you know, I think I've always been, I love just alone time. Like I'm happy to just be like, I need to... I need a little uh, Jason time. I just want to <laughs> be alone, go on a walk. Go, I'll go see a movie by myself. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I'm the office. Maybe a camera pointed at you. Maybe a mirror. Uh, oh, that's me. Okay, no, sorry. Like, <laughs> me. <laughs> I still have some body issues, though. So now that's well. Me. So I created my own OnlyFans for myself, and it's not to make money or anything like that. But seeing myself on camera, I was like, I don't look anything like what I thought I looked. I would so do that dude. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, wow. Because it was just this moment of, this surreal moment of watching me and and not really even knowing who that was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And just appreciating the, just, I just, you know, and I, it's not that I have a big head. I don't think I look any more gorgeous than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, a, you know, appreciating my own amazingness right. yeah. you know mm -hmm. and it's not from a narcissistic point of view of where i need you to be less awesome for me it's like i want you to be awesome too because yeah. i'm awesome because i'm awesome yeah, yeah exactly right? let's all yeah. be awesome together yes yeah. and that's even more awesome <laughs> everything is awesome i was just yeah. about to start singing that <laughs> can you tell we have kids yeah. <laughs> all right so 83 you meet the future missus how long did y'all date for before you got married um so uh probably maybe six months or so wow. yeah we were, pre we're we were pretty much on the fast track of you know um you know she was she was kind of in a situation her mom was passing away and it was only her stepfather Aww. left and they weren't close so i think she was kind of needing to create family and you know and i of course you know it was it's interesting so i mean i was so easy to fall in love with somebody because i remember i remember sitting in 
sitting with my um, ex-wife in, in her room and, and she offered to go get me a, a, a drink. And I was like, you mean somebody can, can get me? Like, I can be served? Like, Aww. that's something that can happen for me? Aww. Like, I had never experienced somebody just doing something with, for me that wasn't transactional, where Aww. I didn't have to do something back. Oof, when I say I was raised by wolves, I am very serious. You were yeah, not raised definitely. by wolves. So that was just this this moment of. So I mean, I, I just just that being able to be taken care of like that mm-hmm. without know, having to pay for it, pay in for some reciprocate way. it some way. It's just someone's doing something nice for you. Yeah, just it's, because they want to, like it feeds mm-hmm. them to feed me, and that made you feel good. So that was like, oh, okay. And yeah, then, you know, so kinda, I was in, like yeah. I was in. Yeah, you know, what I mean? you know and and. Um, so yeah, we just we but we we fell into the American dream of you know you work hard, you know you you buy a house and you turn around and sell it and buy bigger you know and we just kept doing this over and until we ended up in this five bedroom home with one kid. Oh wow! I'm like what the hell are we doing? <laughs> You're talking about our lives. Like what the hell? Are we doing? <laughs> well, I had one kid now. You know, uh, I mean? we have two. So, so there you go. See, I had a granddaughter and three granddaughters. So, <laughs> right, you know. we had nothing. You know, we yeah, had, that's true. And and just uh, and thinking that this you know because there, there's. You can fall into these very consumeristic sort of ideas of what happiness is, and yeah. you can you can fall into those traps mm-hmm. of you know that's even why I you know became a really a, a, one of those Christian evangelicals that oh my goodness because I kept hearing this this whole idea of you know well the Bible has all the answers so I read the Bible five times from cover to cover and never found a single answer until recently when I've gone back through my own spiritual walk and right now I'm going for a master's of studies. And now I'm understanding what a lot of those texts were saying and the relevance of them and how they can help me to be more joyful in my life and bring joy. Okay. So, uh, you know, it, but I think we were really taught, especially as kids, especially as American consumers, you know, that, that somebody else, we have to get everything through someone else or through some type of payment yeah. mm-hmm. or through some type of physical trial that we have to do. And, that's, and then we can find out that we just, we are part of that source of God's love. And we could just be that. It's, uh, it's also changing my life. TV shows kind of showed you what you should have. Brady Bunch was as, my script. Like you know, it should and then be we find out this, that, this, that this, they were half this. of them were gay, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of you know you see that oh you have to have this big house with two cars mm. with these kids da 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 and right. you feel like you if you don't know love you think oh that's love. That's yeah. That's yeah, what that's it looks what I need. Like. That's, that's, that's why I have family. a five bedroom house with one kid because I saw it on TV. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Fucking HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So y'all get, how long, You six months, you get married. How long did it take for y'all to get pregnant? Uh, so that took a while. So <laughs> it, uh, it was when we built our first, um, is when we were building our first house that, that we, um, got pregnant. And I've, I've heard people say that before. It's like, we didn't have our mind on it mm. and we were like, I had our mind on other things and then boom, she was pregnant. So we've been married about, I guess maybe three or four, three years. We also work at Kroger's? No. Oh, oh. no, no, no. no we I was like, how the hell are two like, young uh, people buying a house? Well, back in the 80s, I'm sure. We both were very lucky to, to begin working for the post office. Oh, okay. Yeah, for quite a few years. It's, it's I mean, like I, American consumer is ridiculous, but it's also kind of sad to see our kids are not going to be able to buy houses like we have been able to because... Oh, for sure. Ugh, right. The, the boomers. 
<laughs> and I think, you know, so that I'm glad you kind of just, just as an aside, I think, you know, cause, cause I, I know, especially for, for me, this is something I've gone through. You can see men of my age, I'm almost 60 and you can see a lot of them have, have, have been really good with their money and they've done this and that and something else. And if you've had things that you've gone through in your life where perhaps you don't have that, you can get into this very much this thinking of, oh, I'm not, I don't have value because I haven't done those right steps. I mean, I can get into these, these, these tropes of, yep. oh, if I still had that house or right. if I'd done that, but you know. What those, what those experiences have given me is wisdom that you can't spend any kind of money to buy. Right. So what I have is priceless. It, again, I think a lot of this goes back to we're so obsessed with comparing ourselves to others too. Right. Because it's like, oh, they, the Joneses have that. And I see this, I see this and, on television. I think even as parents, right? Yeah. And, and, and watching other people's children and seeing like, you don't know what's happening behind oh, yeah. the scenes on any of that. You see Timmy's <laughs> Timmy's parents are buying them Nikes and tablets and shit like that. So well, let me do that too because they're going to be left behind. Or even kids that appear perfect because I appeared perfect. Yeah. Well, what was happening behind the scenes? No one ever would have known. Raging you know. whore. <laughs> <laughs> Not back then. Not back then. <laughs> okay, so two to three years that would put your daughter's birth around, or your son's birth, well, at the time, son, it would have been... She was born in 89. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's a bit further than I thought. Um... So she's a, is that millennial? Is that or Gen Z? I don't know. Millennial. I think she's right on the, on the next, the cusp of the next one, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Is she, so how old is she now? She's, she's 31 and she just married her wife who is uh, like third. So I consider myself as having two daughters now. Oh, that's so, that's yeah. the way it should be when yeah. you're yeah. your child Yeah, uh, her parents had passed away here recently. Aww. So it's very easy for people to see dad energy with me. Mm -hmm. So like I tend to have a lot of a lot of kids and, and a lot of others. You know, like you know, hey, daddy or dad. You know, they just think of me as father figure. So yeah, we've met your husband. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of a young. In fact, my daughter is older than he is. So oh, wow, and that was that was never the plan, but that's mm -hmm. the way it worked. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> So she's born in 89. Where, what was like early fatherhood like for you? Uh, I My first memory, um, besides seeing this little cone-headed purpley thing covered in goo <laughs> coming out, <laughs> was, was, the, uh, was the first poo. Because it just kept coming. I remember, I remember wiping that sweet little toy. Should have just been coming out and coming out. Like and coming out and coming out. And I was like, when does this stop? Never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll take a break for a little bit and then it'll just start again. <laughs> yeah, it, just was a, it was amazing, right? And I remember turning to the doctors and being like, which one of y'all is going home with us? Because I know y'all aren't sending us home alone with this with this sweet little <laughs> precious thing, assuming that we're going to know how to take care of her. <laughs> but no, they sent us home alone. Yeah, <laughs> those fools. <laughs> and and for me, my my main thing for Heather was that all, I said yes every time I could, and I gave her. No, who's Heather? Heather's my daughter. Daughter, okay. Yeah, so... I wasn't sure if it was the wife or the, oh, the sorry. Your daughter, so I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, and I gave her responsibility as early as I could. I finagled a way to give her a credit card when she was 13. Um, and it really taught her about... It was more of a debit card type of situation, mm -hmm. but it gave her it gave her an idea of what money was and all the... Because I remember when, when I went down to UAB for you know the, the orientation for parents when she went, up, went down there for college... The number one question from the parents in the audience was, 
how do I monitor my kids spending? And, and you know, and, and I thought, okay, your kid is 18 years old. And like, now you don't <laughs> now you're worried about their spending. Now you're going to try. Now this is your concern. Now a warning. I like, I'm like, this is way too late. You know what I mean? To be, oh, yeah. you know, and, and Heather had so many friends whose parents would send them with credit cards and they were buying clothes and buying dinners and stereos and just racking up. All this debt because they had no sense of risk. They had never been given. Mm-hmm. The kids I always saw that had the biggest problems were the ones that had the most restrictions put on them. Those are the ones that would go buck wild the first time they got a chance. I don't know if her college, if UAB was like this, and you, Jennifer has is only going to college recently, but did, you went to college. Did uh-huh. you go to, yeah, sorry. Yep. When uh, I was in college, they would have fucking credit card tables around campus. Uh-huh. Come sign up for a credit card. Uh-huh. And I did that. And I, <laughs> I, like, I would have it maxed out constantly, mm-hmm. get a little bit of money, pay it off. <laughs> it's, it's amazing the life lessons that were not taught. Yeah. Like with money. Um, and just, it's, it's crazy. These very important things and like how to see yourself and self-respect. Right. Yep. These things that like, you know, change the way you look at everything you know what i mean rather than can you add two plus two which i'm a ma- i have a degree in math so i think math's amazing but there Ooh. there are other she's a sister because i got a degree in math too oh, all right then <laughs> let's add some stuff let's do some <laughs> logarithms <laughs> i'll integrate over your curve <laughs> uh, oh god i just blanked out what were we talking about um oh yeah financial responsibility yeah well they have something called a green card um, that I was thinking of getting Wesley around 13, I was thinking would be a good time. Mm-hmm. And that's a debit card for kids. Okay. And they have that. Um, I've seen commercials for him, um, because he, he needs to learn because it's something that like you, like you said, they don't teach, mm-hmm. how, well, not how, the checkbook thing anymore, but they don't teach ma- you know, banking. And you yeah. can tell them as many times as you want to, but until they physically experience right. it yep. and they've used that money and then they go back and, Oh I don't have that money to spend. Right. Yep. On the, so they have to start prioritizing. Um, I just w- was watching this thing on the, from this financial coach, and she put expenses into wants, likes, needs, and loves. Mm-hmm. And she said, in America, we spend we tend to spend all our time on wants and likes when it's needs and loves that really brings the happiness. Mm-hmm. And if we can concentrate on the needs and the loves, we're going to be in much better financial position. You yeah. know. And you don't know that till you start doing it. Right. Right. But yeah, I was planning on, on doing that with him because you control it. So you mm. can't go buy a TV or some bullshit like that, you know. Right. With his debit card. <laughs> well, you could if you let him save up enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but, you know, he has to save. But that's also mm. not having the the change and the bills and everything piling up where mm. he's like, it burns holes in pockets, especially as kids, you know. So it's a... Oh, you have a card, but you know, do you remember how much is on the card? Right. And it makes him remember how much he has, and you know, all that it. stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking of doing with him. So I since you that. said thirteen with your daughter, I figured that maybe Wesley could be thirteen too. <laughs> yes, my daughter is much more responsible than I was <laughs> even yeah. just a little while ago. So she's she's a very responsible person, and the only thing I can credit that to is giving her those early experiences and saying yes every time I could. Right. Yeah. I've I've well I'm I act like a kid, but I'm old soul. If that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. So like Girl. I've I've always been somewhat well not somewhat I'm very independent <laughs> and I've always took taken care of myself. Mm-hmm. So I you know whenever I started getting my job I knew what I needed to do. Mm. And Have you had situations where people were going to try to take care of you and just couldn't do it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for the long, still does. <laughs> well, I'm better, but um, for the longest time no one like. 
my so my best friend at the time he would buy me dinner mm. and i would get mad because uh. i'm like i can buy my own fucking dinner i don't need you to buy my dinner blah, blah, blah. and i'd get mad about it but then wow. i'd have to learn oh well i'll buy his dinner next time and it's okay the only scenario that i've ever and this is stupid but the only scenario i've ever found where i'm okay taking something from somebody is alcohol well, and, at the bar and you know it, of course you have to have you give your own boundaries and things of that nature but you can also rob people of the experience of giving yes sometimes yeah because you're because your your value issue that you have for yourself yeah right especially compliments jennifer i'm Ooh. horrible with compliments you yes. may compliment me all you wish <laughs> course, i don't know if you can get anything in edgewise from what i tell myself so. <laughs> I'm 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 evolving. I'm growing. I'm trying. So, well, I think you know. you're beautiful and wonderful. Aww. Thank you. I'm very happy to be in your presence. Oh, thank you. Go make me blush. <laughs> so, was Miss Heather's? What was Miss Heather's um, childhood like? Uh, so, from her experience, from what she's told me, she's like, Dad, I don't know how you stayed married to Mom so long. Uh, we this, all having a rough marriage. Well. Uh, Deanna is a very emotional person mm -hmm. and I, I think in a lot of ways and, and this is probably I don't know that she was uh, emotionally as stable as she could have been mm -hmm. like it just there, I remember a lot of times me going and comforting Heather after her and Heather had a and this is probably not well heck it's my experience so I can speak about it right yeah. mm -hmm. um, and I would just have to go you know let Heather know that everything was okay like so even so when Heather was eight we were walking into Hobby Lobby which now I won't go to they hate gay people mm -hmm. but anyway I was walking into Hobby Lobby and Heather turned to me and she said dad I have something to tell you and I was like what and she said I'm bi and I was like okay I how, said, old, That's, how old was this she was eight she was eight wow and I said just don't tell your mom right now and she's like why and I said you know it just it's something you know I just I, I don't want you to I can't remember how I put it, but I just didn't want her to have a bad experience because I just knew that, you know, it wouldn't be taken well. And, and, and Heather, and, and I will, I will friggin' claw through a steel door or whatever it takes to take care of my daughter. Like right. my daughter is first, number one, no one else is more important to me than that. Right. right? And so I was like, my daughter is not going to have a bad experience. Right. You know, so. If you can help it, you're going to try to make it as even if it's smooth with my wife, as. Who helped yeah. me produce this beautiful right. child. Doesn't care. No. Heather comes first. That's right. <laughs> good dad. Good dad. Yeah, right, for sure. And so um, I, I think just because Heather had put that out there, mm -hmm. uh, Dan asked her about a week or two later, you know, I can't remember what her question was, gay or whatever, you know, and, and Heather confessed and it. And it it caused a lot of tension, mm. you know what I mean? Do you think your wife was possibly like thinking you were at the time? So that's really interesting. That's a really interesting thing because the, the guy that she was dating before me turned out to be gay. Mm. And I remember one night we were lying in bed, it was about two o'clock in the morning and Deanne turned to me and she said, you're gay, aren't you? And this, and I just didn't say anything, but I thought, Wow, now we can have this discussion because I, I mean, I was a virgin. I, I was a virgin when I met my wife. I did not kiss my first guy until I was forty-four. Wow. So I was faithful to her the whole time. Okay. So just because you're gay doesn't mean you're having gay sex, right? Yeah. Right. Right. So I thought, wow, maybe we can navigate this to where we can both be happy, we can both be satisfied, and we can be within the confines of whatever we term as our relationship. But the subject just never came back up, including the next morning, and I was too afraid to bring it back up. Oh, yeah. So on some level, yes, I think she knew, and that's probably why she was triggered by Heather. Right. Was because of that. Yeah. Know, that fear that maybe I was. Right. Right. Which would a terrible way for? I mean, I, I'm I'm sorry for her experience. Right. You know what I mean? I really yeah. am. You know. Um. But it it's is always, what it is. Yeah. It's always tough for like <laughs> the I I like 
your generation, your generation and older, especially, I just feel like it feels sorry for the both the women and men who were caught in that situation. Absolutely, the pressures of yeah. it. Wow. Okay. So she, yeah. That <laughs> when when you said that, don't tell mom. I was like, I wonder if she's project feeling some projection onto like your situation. So how like what was the like when she said that to you? How old was Heather at the time? When Heather said that, she was she was no. Hey, when your wait. wife said that in bed about are you gay? Oh, that was it was pretty close to right after that. So it was yeah. yeah that was all sort of coming to a head together at the same time. Uh, so that would have been what that would have been like the later nineties. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, like ninety seven, ninety eight, somewhere right in that that period. Um, and we actually, you know, we we um, separated physically for a, a moment. Though I was still I was still to me still in the relationship. I think. I think Deanne had a few, a relationship or two during that time. Right. Which, you know, that's just the way it was. And then we got back together. We ended up getting back together. Um, so we had we had kind of our ups and downs through that experience. But to me, I, that was still my family and I had yeah. to hang on to it. Right. You know? So when did, so she came out as bi at eight. What, like, what was her story? Like, did she come out trans later on? Or? So then she came out as lesbian in high school. Okay. Uh, probably around 14-ish. Okay. You know, she decided, you know... Um, and then uh, she told me um, after she had started at UAB, uh, so when she was probably in her early twenties, that she that she felt like she was trans. And she's never done anything, but it's really interesting that all of her girlfriends have always have always called her sir, have always re- referred to her as him or he, you mm-hmm. know. And he would, uh, well, she's she says she doesn't care how I how she's referred to to be honest. Okay. So because I've asked her, I'm like you know. Um, so sometimes she would be referred to as Heath, which would be her, her male name or however mm, you'd say that I correct. Like her that. dead name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so but I still she... call her Heather. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And she still goes by Heather everything. She hasn't officially changed anything. She hasn't done anything, but she, she presents, she has a, a, a fairly masculine presentation with, which while still looking male. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? Has she medically transitioned at all? No, she hasn't okay. done anything. So that I know of. Okay. You know? Yeah. And she's pretty honest with me about it. Really. She right. To, you know, I'm dad, so she tells me. That's good that you guys <laughs> yeah. have that relationship, though. Yeah. yeah. A lot of girls don't have that relationship yeah. with their dads. She's even so. told me. Even I mean, I haven't really talked about my story, but even when I was in in prison, she said I was the best dad there on earth, which blew my mind. Oh. I'm like, here I am in federal prison and my daughter's telling me I'm the best dad. And you're then a very awesome dad then. Because <laughs> you're not there. You're somewhere else and you're right. still an awesome dad. That's that's right. great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what an awesome daughter too to, to be my support system. True. Yeah. So yeah. How did your wife handle it when she came? Or so when she came out as lesbian at 14, when was the tran- coming out as trans? That, that was 20s. college. Like 1920, yeah. okay. something of that nature. Um, and y'all had... I, I think she's been re-triggered every time. I think for De- I think if from what I've, from the outside perspective, I can't speak for Deanne, but right. I mean, for, for, from what I saw. What you've observed. From what yeah. I observed for her, it seemed like it was trauma. Uh, and yeah. it just kind of, it kind of brings back up trauma. I mean, here recently, uh, when Heather was, you know, getting married to her new wife, she, Deanne had this whole thing about, about, uh, still being mad at me for being gay and that it was like holding her back. And I'm like, well, gosh, I gave you the house and you're married to the man you're having an affair with me. I mean, I don't understand. You have a beautiful life. You, you work in the job you always wanted to go to that we sent you to college for and, like from the outside, you have everything. You know, I've I've done everything, and and I I realized that 
I, at that point, it was it was this point of of I I I, I energetically know that something can't come come at you unless you're holding part of it. Right. So it gave me the chance to realize that I was still holding shame mm. over it. And, I, and, and so it was a wonderful gift because it gave me a moment to reflect in myself and say what part of me needs healing and told that, you know, you can release that. I mean, whether it was right or wrong or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. to forgive myself and yep. get over that shame of it and move forward and to express it authentically to others so they don't have to go through that shit. Right. Yep. You know? It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's but I'm so I'm so blessed. I am so thankful for everything I've been through because it's made me who I am today and and I've seen the impact when I'm vulnerable and authentic about my story that it's had on other people. Yeah. And that is such a blessing to right. me that I get to experience. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's oh, just beautiful. Just let it out. Yeah. yeah. Therapy. Yes. There oh, yeah. Go. oh yeah. Look at y'all podcast being therapy and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> parenting. I mean, that's part. Of, like, that is the reason we started this podcast because parenting is hard. Right. And it's like so I, hard. And like I, we have friends that don't have kids, and like I have this one friend, Ken. If you're listening, I know you're not, but <laughs> give a shit about. But he, like I, if I say one whiff of a complaint about being a parent, he's like, "Well, you chose this." I realized. Ouchie. That. I was like, I realized that. I'm just venting. Like, this is just, like, I love my granddaughter. I love my son. They drive me insane sometimes. And parenting is hard. Right. I just want to vent. And so when he vents about, like, his, maybe his skate would gain 10 pounds, we're like, well, you chose that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> chose that ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> or he starts complaining about his, his uh, young friends. He can be like, you chose that. See? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. that can come right back yeah. at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Ken is also like he's an ex-therapist so I was like he's real big about unsolicited advice I'm like baby <laughs> uh, you have to ask permission on that I know I was like I didn't ask right I just wondered a bit <laughs> <laughs> oh man so um, so she comes out in t- early 20s when so you said you got y'all to, you separated 17 when she was 17 mm-hmm. how did how did like that, I mean, obviously the marriage fall apart, but like, how was like the ex-wife and and Heather? How did they handle the? Were they like finally? <laughs> oh, for me coming out. Or? Well, yeah, you coming out and the marriage ending. So I'll tell my coming out story with my daughter. Yeah. There you go. So um, Deanne had had moved in with her uh, to be husband. Um, so I was in the house by myself. This is was right before. This is probably about a few months before I went. To, so I was there by myself, and uh, Heather came to the house, and I had the front door and I had the um, the screen door locked. You know, because she had a key to the front door mm. because I had a gentleman caller, <laughs> and so the doorbell kept ringing, and I finally came downstairs in a robe, and I and I, I you know, of course let her in because it's her house too, right? And I said, so just so you know, Heather, I'm not by myself, and it's not a woman, and she's like, Dad. I love you, but I'm not surprised. I thought, oh, okay. Well, I just came out. So there you go. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. And good for her, too. Like, yeah. Just to be like, okay. Yeah. She was. She was just like, it's, you know. Accept your happiness. Yes. Yeah. So did was the you coming out precipitate the, the separation of the divorce, or was that already, were you already on rocks before No, that? I didn't come out until, like, I had completely destroyed my life, until, you know, the, the divorce was happening, I, you know, lost my job, going to prison, it, it just, you know, that, I, that all happened first. Oh, okay. You know, and then, it was basically, um, I, I know this is supposed to be a comedy. Oh, no. no. It's real girl. life. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm at the garage door with four bottles of pills and a bottle of sunscreen. 
of the comfort. I uh, had the playlist and everything. It's going to hop in my little PT Cruiser. Don't judge. I'm not judging. <laughs> Turn it on. And I was just going to, you know, I was just going to fade out, right? Okay. And this little voice in the back of my head said, Heather will find you. Mm. And it said, and it also said to me, there's something cool around the corner. Okay. And so I called the suicide help, the Huntsville suicide helpline. They hung up on me four times. <gasps> no. They sure did. Ooh. All I said was, I need hope. Here, dial tone. I'd call it back. I need hope. Here, dial tone. So I was desperate to live. Yeah. But yeah. I knew I was at the point. I mean, I right. had that bottle of Southern Comfort. Yeah. Actually, or was it, it was Southern Comfort. I can't remember if it was coconut rum or something. It was Southern Comfort. And don't judge. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a bad gay if it wasn't coconut rum. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. And I, I mean, they had put me on all kinds of prescriptions that they thought I was crazy. So I had all kinds of antipsychotics and like tons of, so they had, I had four different, I said about four bottles of pills. Each one was a different depression or antipsychotic or something. Oh, wow. like. They thought I was nuts. And so I did this Google search, drunk as hell, for like suicide help and found this number for this uh, uh, emergency room up in Tennessee and talked to this male nurse at like 2 o'clock in the morning for like four hours and he helped me. And I'm so, so glad he did. Yeah, I am. Thank you. I am too. Thank you for that. That means I'm, I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> so, but it, it, I, I had the idea, you know, you can step out at any time, but you, you know, you can't step in. And then the other thought came to me, if you've really lost everything, you have nothing left to lose. Right. So why don't you just rebuild it mm -hmm. the way it's authentic? And if it just gets to be too much... The P2 Cruiser is still there. There you go. They're still going to think you're crazy. Right. And you can still get Southern Comfort. I mean, it's all, it's there. Yeah. It's true. It's there. Yeah. So that, but, but that path towards authenticity and then, and that opened up the door to spirituality for me where, where the God sense came in me and I understood my place in the universe and who I was and who everybody else was. I mean, it just, it was a little overwhelming, but it was the most amazing, and it's, it's made me who I am today, and I am so friggin' thankful Aww. for every single experience. I wouldn't take away a thing. That's awesome. Because I really, really dig me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we like you too. Aww. Yeah. Shy, shy. I'm so shy. <laughs> <laughs> so how's your relationship with your daughter and the ex-wife now? Uh, so, you know, ex-wife, we just, we agreed to disagree. The last time we spoke, she called me a bitch, which was the most gay affirming thing she's ever done for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am, I'm a bitch, baby. <laughs> yes, <I> mean, queen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important to me for Deanne and I to get along because it affects Heather. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And I understand Deanne's pain and I understand that I contributed to that. Yep. I mean, I, you know, we all do the very best we can in the moment. Right. That's the, we do our yep. very best. Even abusers are doing the very best that they can do them. That was the hardest thing for me in therapy was to understand that my abusing the very best thing in their moment right and allowing that point of forgiveness um so you know i i will always love deanne she's an she's an amazing person amazing woman and she she birthed the most gorgeous you know human being that we bless the earth with in the entire Aww. world you know what i mean and and heather uh so heather is heather always comes to the the things that i've gone through in my life quicker than i have so right now she's having um, some spiritual things. Kind of, she's always had this very logical brain. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I do too. Is I have a math degree. Right. Um, and then, but then, like when when things start happening around you that you can't no longer, you can no longer like put logic see. to it. Yeah, put yeah. logic to. Mm -hmm. And it's. I think it's been great for us because she knows that she can turn to me. And number one, I'm not going to think it's weird. And number two, I've experienced it. Before. Right. So uh, we're our bond is. I think stronger than ever, and they're currently uh, in the process of preparing to have 
uh, to become pregnant. Oh, okay. So That's awesome. I will be grandpapa, and my Aww. wedding present to them was a coach diaper bag, just so that they would understand <laughs> this child is gonna be ruined. This child gonna be no good for her for her grandpa. <laughs> it could be nobody. Nobody could be good enough for her except for grandpa. That's <laughs> so she went to you. Where does she live now? now they live in Alabaster. Which I really wish is they that, moved. Is that it, Alabama? It, yeah, so okay. it's it's about thirty minutes outside of below Birmingham. Oh, okay. okay. So it's about a two-hour drive, and yeah. I really like them to move closer because, especially if you have a baby, I'm going to want to. You know, and they said, "Well, we want you to come help as much." As, like, yeah, but you're two hours away. Right. So logically speaking, I would really because they're both in healthcare. And I'm like, you know, y'all could y'all could move back to Huntsville, just right. and we'd be close. But we so, have lots of hospitals here right? and everything else. Yeah, they, but they just <laughs> love that Birmingham area. They love Alabaster because it's kind of it's kind of a resident residential you know bedroom community mm-hmm. time so it's quiet you know they they have a bigger yard than no, they would normally have gotcha. and that kind of thing Shit. so come to this neighborhood we got some giant fucking yards <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's but there she has you know she's uh she married a a, a beautiful young woman that really supports her and then and so they they're really getting their they're they're, they're rocking it that's awesome yeah that's great they're really rocking it Oh, I'm glad it ended on a happy note. And yeah. and nowadays that you're out and proud and out of prison and have a healthy child and so yeah. what? Okay, how's your life been lately? Oh my! Oh my goodness! I just I can't believe it can get better, and it does. I mean, I just came back from two workshops. I guess I. I'm like, oh my God, I got back crying from the first one. I'm like, I'm going to another one next week. What am I thinking of myself? But it just unlocked all these doors in myself. I found out, I, I, I found out my mission in life. I found out why I'm here. And I, I, I was telling y'all earlier about the experiences of having some amazing joys right next to some amazing sorrows and understanding that I can maintain a sense of peace in both of them right mm-hmm. to where I can I can understand the joy that's that's possible in both experiences right. I mean if you feel deep sorrow it's because there's something that you really love right right and if you didn't love anything you'd never experience sorrow true so the ability for us to have love and to have something to love that's an amazing blessing right there mm-hmm. and you know I I, I uh, became just bosom buddies soul soul buddies with with amazing men up there and it's just it's changed my relationship with my body, with myself. I used to be very transactional. That's the way I was built. And I think in I think in the in the states, especially for gay men, we're, we're taught to like I would rate people on whether or not I'd fuck them. Like I would I, I would see somebody get people, hired right? for a job, and I'd be like, Why did they hire him? I'd never fuck him. <laughs> and and that, that would, but that would be like an immediate thought, and then I'd be like, That is sick as hell. But that would be where my brain was. Like right. that was just the first thing I'd think. Like was that you know if you got you know, you only got something good based upon your your looks, right? Yeah. And whether you're fuckable or not, right? Well, if well, you've been suppressing yourself for years too, yeah, it's like that's the only thing on your brain probably yeah. too. Yeah. But this weekend, I mean, part of uh, a lot for me, a lot of the experience was to find something, to find love in everyone you met. I mean, there were men there with like seventy five in wheelchairs, and then there were twenty five year old gorgeous men. And to be able to look in the eyes of a 75-year-old, you know, whatever, look in the eyes of somebody that maybe at first you wouldn't be attracted to, or maybe you were kind of concerned that they might be attracted to you. Right. And to, and to be able to express through your eyes that they had value and they had worth and to find something to love inside of them was transformational. Because hmm. now I know that my mission in life is to show 
unconditional love in every moment to ask, what would love say? What would love think? What would love do? And that doesn't mean I'm giving over all my money. Right. It doesn't mean I'm a pushover. Right. Because, you know, a mama bear who protects her cub, that's love too. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So As love doesn't, love isn't always yes. pretty. No, no, it's not. No. You know, but just, just be able to, you know, to, to do that. Um, I, I hesitate to tell you how that really came through because it's kind of, I'm, I'm, I, 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 spiritually, I'm probably very out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You, you do whatever you want to do. Okay, okay. so. You're our guest, Pete, however you're, much you hey, want. Well, I'm vulnerable. But I, I just like, I don't want to freak yeah, anybody out. No judgment. I don't think it, you're going to freak anybody out. She, she yeah. is who she is, right? Well, we'll just say this. If you don't, if you don't want to hear Pete's story, then just like fast forward maybe like 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Minutes, there we go. That was like it. like that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so years ago in a meditation, um, a lover from a past life came to uh, who tells me to call him Paul, which I found out later is because we were on a plane of existence that I can't vocalize his name. That's why he goes by Paul. Okay. So it, it, during this experience, one of the first true tantric um, workshops, the my partner was somebody that looks very much like Joe, my husband. So it made me comfortable. Like okay. I was, I right. was comfortable in that space. Right. And oh goodness, being shivers. Paul came through to me through this young gentleman in the most physical way that I've experienced in this body. And basically our story, Paul's and my story was Paul got sick and I got scared and I left when I came back, he was dead. And I've carried this guilt through many lifetimes. And that's oh, the wow. interesting thing about guilt and shame is it's and, and anger. It's never about the action that happened. It's always past trauma that you're trying to that you're using this as an excuse to redisplay, right. right? So I've been carrying this guilt and the shame and this anger myself through I don't know how many different things. Huh. And Paul let me know that number one, he unconditionally loves me and I have nothing to feel sorry for. But then I'm, and he told me my mission here on on Earth was to show that unconditional love that he shows to others. Yes. And that was just, I mean, I was bawling like Aww. like I was bawling so hard. The facilitator had to come over to me three different times and like. <laughs> Can you continue? Are you okay? I mean, I was like almost on the floor, Aww. like weeping and renting and like about to tear my head. Like I was that, I was at that point mm -hmm. of destruction that allows you to rebuild. Right. Aww. You know, I was there and I was so blessed to be, be surrounded by men that could number one, handle that, not be freaked out. Right. And just be able to hold space for me to allow me to work my way through that. And to just check on you and just let you yeah, do Yeah, I was held physically the whole time. Yeah. But then to have so many that just came over and even through the day later would, would come over and just, and, and I, and, and that's the great thing is I've learned now how you, you, you know, it's not like I stay in that space. Like right. I, I can, I can move into joy, which may sound psychotic, but you know, I can move into these other spaces really, really quickly because I'm allowed to let that go. Right. I'm not going to suffer in it. I'm going to yeah. experience it. But experiencing isn't suffering. Suffering is holding on to it, not letting it go. Right. I let it go. Yeah. And just, ah. Uh, I, just words can't express. Well, I mean, I think you did a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. So, I mean, Sounds like you went through yeah. the fire. Right. Yeah. And I'm so blessed to have, wow. And now you know a way of just being able to look at someone and be like, okay, I'm not going to rate you, but I find this that I love about you. Exactly. Or this that I love about exactly. you. Exactly. And that. if you can, and it's if not you physical, can, it's And without even something. words, if you right. can like, sh if you can express to someone just through your energy field, mm -hmm. how lovable they are. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without even touching them or looking at them. You don't have to look at them. You just have to like 
you know, just, just be there. Just, just give that vibe off, give that vibe yeah. off and, and feel their vibe. You can get to where mm-hmm. you can feel theirs too. And you can kind of interplay with it. It's super sexy. Oh, Ooh. I know I was at the gym today and I was, I was passing by a guy that was doing, uh, he was on the, um, uh, he was on the machine and he was, he was just this male energy was just like, coming, and I just like walked by just like wafting Ooh, in it. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, girl, where are my pearls at? I need to clutch. <laughs> I'm having the vapors. <laughs> About to break down again. I know it's delicious. <laughs> oh, well. That is a perfect segue into our next section. So yeah. um, to all our listeners, if you have any funny stories about your kids. Or if you need some bad parenting advice or if you have any subjects that you want us to um, talk about. And discuss. And discuss, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Email us at, uh, at guidetopoorparenting at gmail.com. So guidetopoorparenting at gmail.com. All one word. Yep. You want to tell us about what we're... Been snacking on. We've been snacking on some yummy gouda. Yes. Some gouda cheese. We went to Trader Joe's last night. Uh, we, I saw the wine. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. It said, enjoy with smoked gouda. Like, we couldn't find any smoked gouda. But yeah. <laughs> we just like, got yeah, some gouda. Some gouda. gouda. <laughs> and then <laughs> I mean, mine was some crackers because I don't like just use by itself. I got to have a little, little bit of. Is your cracker lacking? Yes. <laughs> cracker lacking. Yes. <coughs> oh, my pneumonia. My pneumonia. Um, I actually do have. I'm getting over walking pneumonia. Oh, it's okay. It's, I send you healing. Oh, thank you. I accept it into my my poor lungs. Um, so this is, now we've done snack time. Let's do story time. Peach, do you have a fun story about Miss Heather growing up or kids in your lives or anything like that? Um. So I, I guess probably the funnest thing when I think about little little Heather is the time she tried to be a girl. You know that little period where she like you know wore dresses and, and I mean, I'm talking about her her experience. But I guess it's just you know like how, looking. Oh, that's okay. How old was she? So she was probably five, oh, six. Yeah. So she was like in first grade. Yeah, first grade. Yeah. And she really she had a boyfriend, and you know it was like number one, you know, being a parent and like like having the fun of, of watching them express themselves, but at the same time going. This just isn't right. <laughs> normal. Well, it just didn't seem correct for her. Right. Uh, yeah, it wasn't that it wasn't normal. It's just like it didn't seem to match. Like right. one of these things is not like the, the other. other. Right. One of these <laughs> things is just not the same. So it was just like, you know, but um, yeah, that's really the only thing. I, besides my funny coming out story, I can't yeah. think of really think of right. <laughs> anything else. <laughs> Do we have any good stories lately? Think of anything that happened. Um, the last... Um... I mean, I've got a, like a list in my phone, but I didn't like yeah, print anything yeah. out. I don't think anything happened in the last week or two. Our kids are just mean to you all the time. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, so we had a problem. So Kalia and Wesley, Kalia, my granddaughter, and Wesley, her son, go to Blossomwood Elementary here in Huntsville. And they're in uh, after school together. So they see each other every day. And Wesley, I, she drops him off um, in the morning, and then I take them to school. Um, they have the worst fucking habit. Of telling each other's shit. Business. Constantly. Oh my god. <laughs> Kalia was like ratting. He was, she's like, well, you piss the bed. And then Wesley at. Um, well, at, she didn't say pissed. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm, just, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. To the she listeners. Hi, yeah. mom. But yeah. She, yeah, she's spreading <laughs> all the gossip about Wesley. And then um, uh, at fall camp break last week, Wesley's like, well, you, your mom doesn't live with you mm. or you don't live with your mom. Oh. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, wow. would y'all do stop? Yeah. So. Yeah, they're. Brother and sister, so they play well. Like right now, you don't hear them. They're playing well. And then sometimes it's just, stop looking at me. 
So why are you looking at me like that? Just stop. He's you, just looking. Do you, do you think it's like a looking. safe sandbox for them to be able to experience different ways of human relating? Because they know they're in a safe space to Probably. do that. Probably. Probably. I mean, and then also, Wesley's... So Kalia really wants to be Wesley's friend. And she is. Yeah. And Wesley is her friend when they're here. But <laughs> when, you when they go to other school... Kids. Or they're around other kids, Wesley's yeah. not her friend. He's yeah. too cool Because for that. he's older and right. he doesn't, you know, I don't want to hang out with the younger sister. And in essence, I guess that's kind of mm-hmm. how he feels. That it's the young one that's, you know, bothering him while he's with his friends. Yeah, with the and, cool kids. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you need to take up for her. Like if someone mm. jokes on her, don't laugh and just help. Because she does so much nice stuff for you when we hang out here on the weekends. Oh, I do have a funny story. Okay, Okay, go ahead. I do remember. So Heather was, um, oh, this is hilarious. To me, it's hilarious. Junior high. um, So the first time uh, that I, uh, we were walking around the halls, like introducing her and and the the assistant principal, Mm -hmm. second second place, right? And I said, uh, you, you will know her. You'll know her. And he was like, he just thought it was funny. He's like, ha, 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 ha. About three weeks later, Heather's in his office because some little boy had been picking on her and Heather stood up in class and said, so-and-so is an asshole. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Because I taught her, I taught her to, to stand up for herself. So he uh, called me on the phone and I'm talking to him on the phone and um, he told me that she was in there and I asked him what had happened. And I said, may I speak to my daughter, please? And he said, absolutely. And Heather picked up the phone and said, yeah, he's still looking at you. And I kept saying it until she started laughing. <laughs> she couldn't hold it in anymore <laughs> and I can't remember how the conversation ended but the assistant principal died of a heart attack two weeks later oh, oh my god I killed him oh you killed him I killed him because he was looking at her <laughs> <laughs> how dare you look at my daughter <laughs> look oh, into the face of death <laughs> Patricia but, but I mean if she had it, you know I always taught Heather that you know you don't pick on you don't you know but if somebody picks on you I will support you a hundred. Right. One hundred. So when I found out she was just standing up for herself, there's no way in hell I was going to be mad at my child. Because the bad thing about that whole thing is, is the first kid that did something that she stood up for herself for didn't get in trouble. Nothing. She did because she stood up for herself, but the first kid, nothing. Right. And all she did was stood up and just called a spade a spade. There you go. That's all she did. Well, maybe if she just called him a spade and not an asshole. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very effective. <laughs> that little boy is a spade. <laughs> By spade, I mean asshole. Yeah. Oh, and so I do have another story, actually. Go Gosh. ahead. Okay. Yeah. So um, in high school, uh, this is when Bob Jones had just been built fairly recently, and there was a new principal there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the We used to have a friend that would take Heather to school, and she came to us and she said, I can't take Heather to school anymore. And I said, why? And, and she said, the... The principal is saying things about Heather uh, in the, you know, when she gets out and people are looking at me a certain way. So I made an appointment with the principal, didn't tell him why, and came into his office and I said, I'd like to know what you have against my daughter. And he said, excuse me? And I said, I have from one of my very dearest friends who will no longer bring Heather to school because you said this, this, and this and treated her like that. And he was just like, ah, la, la, la. And I said, oh, and by the way, I was in here while you were making announcements and I said, I heard about the football team. I hear about the cheerleaders, but I didn't hear about the art competition that happened yesterday. Mm. I didn't hear about anything else besides the football and the cheerleaders. And I said, I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Heather came up to me and she said, the principal came up to me. I was like, oh, did he? And she said, and he congratulated me for being in the art school, art, the art show. And I was like, oh, did he? Okay. Because I didn't tell her I went. Right, right. I didn't tell her I was going. 
and I didn't tell her I went. Huh. Good dad. And I still didn't tell her. Yeah. Is, that, is that principal wow. dead from a heart attack? Yeah. <laughs> I guess he was too young, but he, he were a little cute. You know, we might have had a little, you know, nothing, nothing but, uh, you know, about two weeks in the dungeon with a St. Andrew's cross would have, you know, wouldn't have fit. Hey, there you go. <laughs> That's good therapy, girl. There you go. <laughs> Pete, the killer of principals. I know, right? <laughs> oh, this is www. Kill, kill the if, you want, if you want my services. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> allegedly. 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 <laughs> oh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so com- much for. Oh. Okay, well, I'm drunk. Thank you so much for coming out, Pete. This has been fun. I'm coming out. Who knew I had another coming out to do? What? There's more. There There's you more. go. There's there more. There's always more. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you, and thank you to all our listeners, all four of you, for for listening to A Guide to Poor Parenting. If you like our podcast, please give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you don't like our podcast, just like we tell our kids, when they whine about one of them won't stop looking at the other one. Tough shit. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.